0: Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School Right here in the heart of Chicago I pray that you find hope and peace In the message of Christ and Him crucified For you in your life right now Thank you for listening And please, if you'd like to support the mission going on right here uh, Please go to our webpage stjames James-Lutheran.org To donate Thank you Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Who are you? And I'm not referring to the song by The Who, I'm asking questions of identity. Who are you, right? What is your purpose? What is your identity? I think if we're gonna summarize the modern moment, right, our current cultural context, we are really focused on questions of identity. Who am I? What is my purpose here? And fundamentally, what kind of masks have I chosen for myself, what kind of things do I define myself through, whether it's my political identity, my sociological identity, am I a Christian, am I not a Christian, these kinds of questions are at the forefront of our culture, especially when I talk to young people, right, I think when we uh, meet for like youth group, right, with life, we're asking questions of, identity, and I think we, in general, right, live in these kinds of moments, whether we like to admit it or not. We struggle with what our purpose is, which is why I find it so fitting that these questions sort of level set as we approach Lent, right? Because Lent, ultimately, it's that, this Sunday is the first entrance into this season, and it's a penitential season. It's one that strips away the excess, right, all the, uh, the frills, so to speak, and ultimately gets down to the central questions of our faith, questions like who am I, who is God, what is he like, and who am I in light of Jesus' work, right? That's kind of the tradition of the church during this time of the year, to get at those central questions of the faith. So as we think about that, Let's kind of keep those questions at the forefront of our mind as we approach today's gospel text. Because today's gospel text is familiar for most of us, Right, Jesus temptation into the wilderness. And I think at the heart of this, this story are actually questions of identity. But it begins with Jesus full of the Holy Spirit being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Why? To be tempted. And I think in many ways this is gonna help clarify who Jesus is as we work our way throughout this season and we get to Good Friday. Martin Luther once said that the life of the Christian was made up of three ideas. Oratio, which is prayer, right? Our hearing of God's word, prayer is included within that. Meditatio, meditation, right? Our inward digesting of these ideas, mulling them over, taking them to heart. And then tentatio, which he is, uh, he called temptation, meaning testing, not necessarily uh, temptation in the traditional sense, but rather putting these ideas that we've learned about in church into play in our lives, right, putting them into action. And as we put those ideas into action, we find that they're tested, right, they kind of are worked through, which leads us back to prayer, right. But why did Luther identify kind of the the theological method this way well ultimately right we pray in the Lord's Prayer to not be led into temptation so at first it seems confusing but in Matthew's Gospel Jesus is led into the wilderness for this time of spiritual testing this time of spiritual temptation why might this be I think part of it has to do with knowing both who we are as well as who we are not right this helps to define ourselves and figure out our identity through that. Like, for some examples, right? If you're a Yankees fan, you're not a Red Sox fan. If you're a married person, you're not single, right? Uh, If you are a follower of Christ, you are not a follower of other various ideologies, right? There's something about knowing who we are not that helps us to identify who we are. And so that's kind of at the heart of what Jesus is doing here in the wilderness, right? Part of knowing who Jesus is, is also knowing who he isn't. Right? We'll work this out as we go through. So, while our temptations often prove us to be what? To to be sinful, right? To to cling to creature comforts, right? To uh, follow our own passions rather than follow perhaps what God wants in our lives, right? Jesus' temptation shows us just the opposite, right? He is perfectly faithful, right? He is unlike us in that way, right? Uh, with that thought in mind, right, we can kind of compare and contrast Jesus with other kind of wilderness characters, right? Because all of Israel's characters, at some point in the Bible, find themselves in a wilderness, right? Think about how Moses is leading the Israelites through the wilderness, and what do we find out about Moses? That even he gets frustrated with God's people from time to time. Elijah, same way, right? In the wilderness, he has to be ministered to by God, right? He has to have food brought to him, nourishment brought to him. And then the most famous of these, of course, is Israel, right, that wanders for 40 years in the wilderness, right? And what do we learn during those 40 years? We learn that Israel is profoundly unfaithful, that over and over again they witness God's mercy, his action, and what do they do in response? They complain, right? They grumble against God, the biblical word is like they murmured against him. They are uh, dissatisfied with what God has done for them. And what do we then learn about Jesus by contrast, right? He is not unfaithful, right? Instead, even though he's hungry, he's ragged, he's tired, right, he's, he's pushed to the brink, if you wanna say that, he responds to temptation with the word of God, right? Man does not live by bread alone, but rather by every word that falls from the mouth of God. So in other words, temptation reveals Jesus as the perfectly faithful one, as the one that we can trust in even when everything else fails us, right? And ultimately then, in that wilderness, in that place of scarcity, what we find is that Jesus' words actually create an oasis, right? It creates life in the midst of wilderness. It creates plenty in times of scarcity. This one who speaks life brings life out of the most desolate places. That's who Jesus is as the Word made flesh. So then the question is, is there benefit for us then to be in the wilderness alongside of him, right? If Israel failed profoundly in its task of being in the wilderness, is there any use for us? And I think there is, especially in light of kind of our, our culture that we live in, that we're a part of, at least I think I found it relatable. One theologian, as I was preparing for this sermon, Blaise Pascal said, uh, the, the main problem, right? The uh, crisis of our modern moment, here's the way he puts it, the sole cause of man's unhappiness is that he doesn't know how to simply sit quietly in his own room, right? And somebody goes on to summarize his words, saying that we want to do what? We want to complexify our lives, right? We don't have to, we want to. We want to be harried and hassled by the many things of life, and unconsciously, we want those very things that we complain about. Because if we had leisure, Pascal says, we would look at ourselves, listen to our hearts, see the great gaping hole in our hearts, and we would be terrified because it's so big that nothing but God can fill it. Which are like some harsh words, but I found that this is true, right? We're distracted by the many things of life, the many competing voices That we listen to in our culture. I think with the advent of technology, right, having access via the smartphone to near infinite information also provides us with infinite distractions, right? My days are filled with with music, with experts, with podcasts, with audiobooks. I'm sure many of you start your day immediately with some sort of voice, whether it's, I don't know, Wordle or whatever it is, the daily or whatever you listen to, right? The point is, I think we're a culture that is profoundly uncomfortable with silence, right? Ultimately, we have a hard time with this. And I think as modern people, right, we can actually benefit a great deal from silence. And this is something that I have had to learn over time, right, of time spent in the wilderness actually being a good thing for ourselves. Because rather than distracting ourselves with those many voices, those many tasks, those many responsibilities, those many identities that we have for ourselves, Lent gives us an opportunity to do the opposite, right? To pull those things back, and simply spend time with Christ face to face asking ourselves questions who am i who is god what is he like as he comes to us in the flesh to share our circumstance to share our trials to share in our suffering and lent gives us that invitation right lent is a great opportunity to focus on those core ideas and i think well it might have well i don't know whether it has i think it's fallen out of favor a little bit the practice of of adopting a spiritual practice of some kind for Lent. Right? You're probably most familiar with, with giving something up for Lent, the idea of creating a, a, a mini wilderness of sorts, right? kind of peeling something back so we can focus on the essentials of our faith. I think there actually is a real benefit to that idea. Sometimes in the Lutheran world, we add a practice, right? We add something like daily devotion. So we're spending more time in God's word. That's why St. James does those daily devotions, which I encourage you to, to be a part of, right? But ultimately, what's the point? We're seeking to hear Christ's voice amidst the competing voices of culture. So we might hear words of life, that who you are is someone who is forgiven, someone who is made new, someone who is a saint in spite of the many shortcomings that we're familiar with so take that time this lent to strip down those competing voices for your daily routine and instead find the time to dwell in god's word right even just for a short time so you can continue to hear what your savior is speaking to you throughout this london season as we travel to good friday and to easter sunday and it was that with that thought in mind that last year i stumbled across a resource that i found very helpful. Um, there is a, an Anglican priest who wrote a book called Prayer in the Night. Uh, she wrote another book that I, I I've recommended to several of you at this point, Liturgy of the Ordinary. Uh, but this book I thought was really um, essential for, for Lent. Why? Because ultimately it struggled through the complexities of the faith, right? That we're simultaneously saints and sinners. There's the paradox of the Christian faith that comes with the fact that we are proclaiming life in a world that is so often marked by death. And I think it's with that kind of pretext in mind that she laments something that I think we can all relate to, right? She laments that her career hadn't really started out on the path that she wanted it to. She looked around at friends of hers who had successful careers, great friendship networks, you know, happy families, lots of kids, et cetera, and she wondered why she didn't have that, right? She felt dissatisfied with the way that life had kind of unfolded and it's in the midst of that that she did the right thing right she goes to her pastor right she goes to her uh pastoral kind of counselor right and he asks one question and at first we think he's being sarcastic in the book right she he simply asks her is jesus enough right which at first seems like it's a it's a silly answer a silly question right is jesus enough we all like to say of course jesus is enough right that's like what we are that's who we are as christians we know that jesus is the main thing But he asks it in sincerity, and I think we should too ask ourselves that question and actually wrestle with the answer because I think we find that we might be surprised by the way that we answer that question because we often feel and we often default to the idea that we're owed far more than simply Jesus, right? Maybe we've sort of tricked ourselves that we need Jesus plus a great career or we need Jesus plus the picture-perfect family and family life or we need Jesus plus a thriving network of friends, right? Infinite connection, whatever the case is. But Christianity, and especially Lent, challenges us to remember one thing, that Jesus is enough. That no matter what our circumstance is, if we have Jesus, we have everything, even when it doesn't feel like that. John, in his Gospel, reminds us that Jesus came into the world that we might have life, not just a little bit, But rather have it abundantly so is jesus enough the answer is yes right that's the church's confession because in jesus we have life in jesus we have fellowship we have communion why because reconciled to god in christ we are now reconciled to one another that's what it means to be part of the communion of saints in jesus we have more than fleeting happiness and passing moments we actually have joy that knows no bounds in jesus we don't have kind of distraction but rather we have as saint paul says the peace that surpasses all understanding that's the thing that guards our hearts and minds why because we recognize one central fact as saint augustine once said our hearts are restless until they rest in you right what does that mean ultimately it means that lent kind of strips everything away brings us back to our core reminds us that with christ we have everything we need. Without him, nothing can satisfy. With him, we have the essentials. So as we begin our journey into Lent, take that time to listen to that one still small voice, the voice of Christ that speaks to us through God's word. And through that voice, you're gonna find that you have life, even in the midst of the wildernesses that we find ourselves a part of, whatever those difficulties are. And when you need that encouragement, That's why we encourage people to receive God's gifts, right? Come to the divine service where God indeed stoops down and serves us through the gifts of the word and sacrament, right? When you're hungry for more than what life is currently providing, we can go to the bread of life, which actually does satisfy, right? We can actually be fed by that person who's always speaking words of life into our circumstances. And then ultimately, when you find that the wilderness has revealed things that you don't like about yourselves, right, and about myself as well, which is part of our Lenten journey here, then we get to look to the heart of our Lenten season, which is the cross, right? And we come centrally there at the heart of our Lenten journey, because the cross gives us that final comfort, that final word, the last say, and it reminds us that those various other identities and accomplishments that we craft for ourselves that we kind of stake our ground on, ultimately don't have the last say about who we are, right? Who does? Jesus. Centrally, he's the one with the last word. He's the one reminding us that Satan and his lies have been banished. He is the victor over sin, death, the grave. And ultimately, if he's the victor, then he's the one who defines our moment to moment. He gives that gift of grace, that gift of life to us freely. We need to do nothing but receive us, or receive it, rather. And in the midst of that, then, we recognize that Christ Jesus, all along life's journey, is still encouraging us, still nourishing us, still feeding us with words of hope, with words of life, with the bread of life as we're in our various wildernesses. And that's good news, right? Because where Jesus is, there is our life and our salvation. So we come back to that central question, is Jesus enough? And the church's confession is a resounding yes. Amen. Now may the peace that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.